0: Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org.
1: I want to thank you all for being here. <laughs> I just really appreciate your, your putting your time into uh, this effort. Mariah woodworth Heder. A couple years ago, I didn't know who she was. I say Mariah. Some people say Maria, but I always said Mariah because that's what I've heard, and uh, that's all you heard too. Oh, you did you see her? No, my mother-in-law. Oh, your mother-in-law. My grandmother. My grandmother. She was quite a woman. Uh, I'm going to talk about her, and, and and before the night is over, you will be educated. <laughs> Jen's helped me a lot she said she did a lot of the work on the slides and, and last time I had about 22 slides and I thought that would be enough <laughs> and that's when Pastor Tom just bailed me out and came up and talked for a half hour <laughs> can <do> that. <laughs> you can do that <laughs> and uh, so we got about 50 or 60 slides and, and, and I'm hoping that they're, they're good slides I'm hoping I'll be able to remember the things I need to say with them and uh, let's, let's just ask God to be with me. Lord, I thank you for your presence tonight. You can also make a cloud of your presence here. <laughs> for you do that. And we thank you for your presence. And we thank you for everything you do. And thank you for those people that are here, eager to learn more about someone else and spend them in church. There's just no better place for you to be. And we just thank you, Lord, for your presence and, and whatever you want to do tonight. Do it in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. We got a signal. I go like that. I'll tell. I'll tell people so they do not They not think I'm crazy. <laughs> okay. She was born on twenty-second uh, of July, eighteen forty-four, before, before the Civil War, in Lisbon, Ohio, to Samuel and Matilda Underwood. Neither one of them were Christians. Her uh, father was an alcoholic, and she had a rough childhood. Much, much of which she does, does not like to talk about. He, uh, but he started to attend in 1855 the Church of Disciples, whatever that is. I haven't been to that one. And he died while praying in the field for, of a sunstroke. Now, she's always felt good about he, he was praying for the family. <laughs> and he died <laughs> of a sunstroke in the field. So that's, that's how she was raised. In 1857, she received Christ, uh, accepted invitation by Evangelist Warren uh, Belding, that my, life might be a shining light. That's all she knew. She was a teenager, a young teenager, a single, and uh, that's all she knew was uh, she went to a conference and, commit, and was actually saved. Okay. Okay, water baptized. Now this is this will excite you. Maybe maybe she will be drowned. <laughs> it scared me a, a little. I thought maybe I might. Lord, I will go through it if I do. So I asked the Lord to to save me fully, trusting myself in His hands while going into the water. A light came over me, and I was converted. <laughs> the people saw the change and said, "I fainted." <laughs> Does anybody have a baptism like that? <laughs> It was uh, quite a baptism. I've never, I've never seen anybody said I thought I'd be drowned. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe looking for alligators, probably. <laughs> okay. Anyway, she got baptized. Now she got married, and uh, and she uh, fathered, she she mothered six children. FIVE OF THEM DIED. HER HEALTH BEGINS TO FAIL HER. MANY TIMES IN HER LIFE, SHE ALMOST DIED. IN FACT, THEY PRONOUNCED HER TO BE DEAD THE NEXT DAY, AND SHE LIVED THROUGH IT. (laughs) AND uh, SO HER HEALTH BEGAN TO FAIL HER. Uh, SHE WAS A MOTHER, AND THE FARM THAT THEY HAD, uh, they, THEY WERE ON, THEY WERE FARMERS. IT WAS VERY UNSUCCESSFUL. NOT A GOOD FARM. So she didn't uh, miss anything. Her husband's name was uh, Philo Harrison Woodworth, returned from Civil War after his head injury, anomaly religious at best. One month month they courted while she was 18, and they got married. This Civil War started, now if you don't know your history, it's 1861 to 1865. So he was hurt, in that time period, and really I think it, it, today he would probably be one who had PTSD. That's probably where he would be today. I don't know that he ever got through or over the war. I think, what, 600,000 people died in that war? Can you imagine? Okay, let's go to the next one. I, I heard the voice of Jesus calling me into out into the highways and hedges and gathering losses. This is something that uh, she heard but she felt like nothing would happen. She just said, "Well, I hear this, but I'm a woman. What, what good can I do?" <laughs> so that's that's what she that's what she thought. Yeah, this is back during the Civil War. She was uneducated. When her kids were dying, <laughs> she was ministering to them and not going to school. She was a woman. And the church did not believe women have any rights in ministries. And she was single. This is uh, before she got married. I, some, oh, by the way, Jen told me some of these things don't seem to <laughs> mix. She wasn't married. Now she's married. I mean, <laughs> so, so just forgive me. <laughs> but she uh, she's an uneducated woman. And that was two things that people always would say to her. Even later on when she was very successful, they would say, what, where'd you graduate? Where'd you go to college? <laughs> the, Jesus' is school. <laughs> so she, uh, she was a single woman, and she had no chance. And by supernatural power, this is a, a journalist who wrote this, by some supernatural power, she just knocks them silly when they're not looking for it. And while they're down, she applies the hydraulic pressure and pumps and the grace of God into their bucketfuls. <laughs> that's what they wrote on, in the paper uh, not, she, well, this is interesting she was, uh, she was a very reluctant very reluctant preacher she pioneered the salvation meetings that Pentecostals initiated this guy wrote this this, this historian wrote this about her but she was in uh, kind of the transition between Pentecostals and holiness people I grew up in the holiness church, and uh, he didn't wear makeup. <laughs> I heard somebody talking today about this. Uh, Amy McPherson came later. We're going to talk about her in a couple of weeks. And uh, somebody would always ask Amy, Amy, why, why do you wear makeup? And she would say, well, an old bar needs paint once in a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how she answered. She'd walk away. So she didn't, so the, the, the person I heard this from said, well, you can thank her for all the beautiful women out there. <laughs> That's, so now we, as a Pentecostal church, we do a lot of things, things a lot different than they did them back a hundred years ago. Okay. Okay. Cripples. This is what happened in our ministry. Cripples walking after prayer of the divine healer, miraculous one's. Miraculous cures accomplished by a woman who claims no reward, the blind see and the deaf hear. Um, I've got, uh, I, want to, I want you to get a flavor. You got my phone over there? I want you to get a flavor of some of her meetings and what went on. I got, I, I was reading, before I knew I was even going to teach about her, I was reading her diary. It's about 800 pages. Everybody she prayed for was healed. It's like, it's like Jesus. <laughs> there was a cloud of, her, of God's presence in the room. She spoke to 25,000 people without a microphone. Okay, now, can you imagine talking? Look, I, the Rose Bowl holds 100,000. Go down to a, a stadium that holds 60,000. And just cut it in half, and that, and she had to speak to that many people without a microphone. I don't know how she did it.
0: Yeah,
1: eight thousand were there. So, yeah, so Whoo! I don't know. God must have done it. <laughs> if you get if you get the wind behind you, it'll project your sound. <laughs> and that's so. That's what she had to do. She would have. Uh, Eighteen people show up for tent meetings. The first night, the second night, all eighteen of them got healed. The second night, she'd have a couple hundred. Third night, she'd have thousands. Yeah. Yeah. And she, and let me. She had such. Um, what do you call it? Uh, well, she was more, it, was, it was charisma, but anointing it, it, is the is the word. We just turn it back one, Daniel. Her husband, <laughs> he was a piece of work, let me tell you. <laughs> he was a nominal Christian. And uh, he didn't think he really needed to do what he, what he was supposed to do. People made fun of him, too. You got a wife that's a preacher? So they made fun of him. So he would get up, and, and he was not a very good, uh, you know, I don't know if you know Joyce um, Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer's husband sits on the front row and he supports her. Well, this husband of hers did not. <laughs> he would announce her, but sometimes Mariah would have to get up and tell him to go sit down. <laughs> so he was done. And uh, so he was uh, not a good supporter of her. She married later another one. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that as time goes. <laughs> so, now, she did get married again, so you know that. I was going to give you some things that happened, maybe one or two of things that happened in her ministry. (laughs) I told you there was a a cloud of her, cloud of God's presence and and she says there's a way you can ruin that. And this this I've heard before but this was, was told in a different way. You can say Something you can act unspiritual while you're out while you're sitting there, and the spirit will leave. So be conscious of that when services go on. If you feel the anointing, then help the anointing by praying and asking and lifting God up and asking Him to do more. Touch everyone because you can ruin the Holy Spirit, He will leave if enough people start acting out doing what they want to do. Oh, I need to go eat today or something. <laughs> so <laughs> I was thinking about something. I, huh? I said not yeah, that's right. I, I'm going to go ahead and leave this alone. Jan says I couldn't find it, right? <laughs> so I can't find the, the, I've got them in my phone. I've got uh, some of her uh, samples of, of her ministry. But I, I, I really enjoyed uh, speaking. She was 45 years old when she began to preach. Everything in the world was against her. Everybody told her they don't listen to women preachers. That's what they told her. But what happened in the ministry changed their minds. And Amy McPherson, we're going to talk about her, the same thing happened to her. People got healed. <laughs> it's she had, Amy McPherson, we'll talk about her, but she's got some really odd things that happened to her, but Oh, that The power of God was there. I've been to Los Angeles. I've been to Los Angeles Coliseum that, that she built, and it holds 5,000 people. <laughs> so that's something we're, we're going to be concerned about. Go ahead, Daniel. Okay. It's not so much what you say about the baptism. This is her uh, in one of the churches she was in, of the Holy Spirit. But what they see you have, we can talk until we're hoarse, And they won't be convinced. But the power of God convinces them. Don't wait for manifestations before you go forth and do something. When you're the weakest, then you are strong. Let us go out and work miracles. The people will glorify God. So this is one of her sayings. She she became a very intelligent woman. No schooling except by Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's a pretty good teacher, so... (laughs) Okay, here's another quote. If we're ready to meet God, God's conditions, we would have the same results, and a mighty revival would break out that would shake the world, and thousands of souls would be saved. Let's think about that. We've received prophecies here in this church about the great things that are going to happen. If we're ready to meet God's conditions, we would have the same results. So let's, let's put that prophecy in our prayer life as we, as we pray. Let's think about those things that are going to happen here and let's all become roads to the, the healing that's going to occur. This, there's another quote. These, this, these displays of God's power on the day of Pentecost were only a sample of what God's design should follow through in the ages. Instead of looking back to Pentecost, let us always be expecting it to come, especially in these last days. I, don't, I know there's a lot of people that don't think we're, we're at the last days. I know even Peter and Paul thought they were in the last days. But in the last hundred years, there's never been so much as happened. Never in the world is, is have we got cell phones. These things, 20 years ago you wouldn't see these. Only the rich had them in their car. But now I bet you most of us have one. And uh, so I don't know. That's not the only way. But I do believe it may be a little later than we think. It may be sooner. But I do believe that we're in the last days. Yeah, like Jen says, it's closer than it was yesterday. <laughs> okay. Oh, goodness. There's lame, the blind. The lame halt and blind are coming in from all quarters. And they profess to have experience miraculous cures. A little girl in this city who has been in crutches for five years is claimed to have been perfectly cured in minutes. An old man professes to have been perfectly healed of cancer in the nose, and another with a stiff knee is reported to be entirely restored. (laughs) Tom, for Tom. (laughs) So the anointing was really awesome. So when people see that happen, they come back. They, you know, you wouldn't believe what would happen. I, and I've, I've read about uh, people who come reluctantly. To, sur- I, I mean, I think one of these uh, meetings, somebody just came because they were told they were going to die next month and, 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 and they stunk from rotting flesh. And she, she said when they came up to her to be prayed for, she was very reluctant to pray for them. She was being very honest. AND SHE TOUCHED THE PERSON, AND THE PERSON JUST choo, FELL. THEY CALLED HER THE TRANCE, THE TRANCE EVANGELIST. SHE WOULD GO LIKE THIS AND STOP, AND, and GO INTO A TRANCE. AND some, ONE TIME, SHE WENT FOR THREE DAYS WITHOUT MOVING. NOW, CAN YOU IMAGINE? I CAN'T HOLD MY ARM UP FOR AN HOUR. <laughs> BUT SHE DID IT FOR THREE DAYS. THAT'S, that's THE MOST COMMON ONE. And this reminds me of a story. In China, I read about this, uh, this guy was in Christian was in jail for being a Christian. <laughs> and uh, the sheriff was, 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 the jailer, the sheriff was there, and, and he says, you Christians are the reason. And they couldn't move. So the guy got stuck right there. And uh, he asked his helpers, he had some helpers there, he said, lift me up, I can't move. And they couldn't pick him up. He was stuck to the ground. He was stuck there. And then he looks at this Christian and says, it's you. <laughs> you that did this. This is a real story. It happened 20 years ago, probably in China. And uh, he, he said, okay, I'll put your hand down if you get the whole city in front of this jail. So they did. And he, and he preached to them. And then he released the guy. <laughs> he said, Lord Jesus, remove it. And <laughs> he did. <laughs> so he preached to the whole city. <laughs> so what are they gonna do? They let him out of the prison. <laughs> that that just came to mind. The lame, the I've already read that one. Now she go 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 one more time. I believe the best proof of our, our being called of God is to preach, or called to preach, was the fact that souls were saved. She said, I have been converted in these meetings to stand up, and over two hundred arose. I have She's, she was in a meeting. Is that what it says? I have asked who had been converted in those meetings and stand up in over 200 rows. So these 200 people got saved just like that. And uh, just wonderful things happened with her. She was quite of an anointing. Okay, this scoffers. Every time you, you preach the word, you're going to have scoffers. If it's powerful, if it's not causing any angst, you're not preaching strong enough, okay? Many of the class turned t- scoffers are almost afraid to go into the edifice every evening. The house is strong with people to its utmost capacity, and each afternoon, at two or three o'clock, the following morning, among the conversation is a man firmly known about town, whose name is withheld from publication. A man of convict or con- connivial habits. <laughs> and who occasionally was being loaded with it. In other words, he was a drunk. <laughs> he was a town drunk, and uh, people were saying, well, he's a drunk, do something for him. <laughs> and uh, she prayed for him, and, and, and he was saved. All right. Newspapers. Now, some, these newspapers, reporters were, 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 there's 25,000 people, 20,000 people. They're all going to these meetings in these little small towns. Some of them came as far as four, 400, 500 miles on horseback with a carriage. Have you ever seen uh, that program? What do you watch all the time? <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. Can you imagine taking a buckboard 400 miles? Whew. So they would come to her meetings because of what might happen, especially those who were sick. Uh, there was one particular man. He, was, he had cancer. He was going to die in a month, and he was swollen, and he stunk. Isn't that something? And he was completely healed. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes people would get healed while she was speaking. She had to be speaking. Somebody, uh, one of the uh, generals said, I don't know which one it was, but it says, everybody ought to pray like Mother Edder. Who said that? Can anybody know? <laughs> she must have had a large, strong voice to speak to that many that many people. Maybe it was Evelyn, like Evelyn, you know. <laughs> So sometimes Evelyn gets real loud. And uh I go ahead and flip it. Did I miss that? All right, two physicians. They filed a complaint at probate court. And they said she basically they were at, they were charging her with with practicing medicine without a license. <laughs> See, a lot of people thought she was crazy. <laughs> Healing without a license. They, they also did that. Alexander Dowry, he's one of the, uh, Dowry, he's the one of the uh, generals. I didn't know anything about these generals until I read God's Generals. If you have never read that, read that book. Has anybody here read it? God's Generals. Tom, you read it? Anybody else? If you see it on the on the uh, if you see it on the internet or anywhere God's generals it's awesome and you'll you'll get to know all about these people too. What is that last line? Possessed, possessed by the power. What? what? Several of the members of the audience became possessed of what he termed as the power. <laughs> the the, the member this is a newspaper guy. He's not <laughs> not necessarily a Christian. So he's trying to, trying to say is what everybody else would understand. <laughs> and so he did, he did. Okay, now flip it. I had one trial after another, and temptations and discouragement beset me on every side. One of the conferences she held, it was raining, and she was going to Los Angeles in a, in her buggy. <laughs> and now she had a little car. She had a car with a canvas top it's, it that just came out, I guess, at that time. And uh, she was going through with the city. And they, they didn't text her, they wrote her. <laughs> they wrote her a letter and said, stop by our city and have a revival because we've heard about you. Well, it had rained for, for months in this city. It had rained for months. And she had a tent. Have you ever been in a tent in the rain? Especially one that leaks. <laughs> the people had umbrellas. They told them to carry umbrellas to the church if they didn't attend. Well, before, that, before they got there, the, the churches prayed and said, Lord, keep the rain off of us. And she was there for a whole week without any rain. <laughs> it's, she said it sprinkled for five minutes. This is to show what would happen if, it, if God <laughs> let it rain. That's what she said anyway. And, uh, but, she, but everything she did, she had trials. And temptations and and uh, she was it was not so if you think being a Christian is easy, it's not. <laughs> we've all we've all experienced the, the trials of being a Christian. It seemed that all I had to do was open my mouth, and the people all through the house began to weep. That's what's that called? It's called anointing. She had a wonderful anointing, and and uh, she was an awesome person. Go ahead. Already 40 persons have, have been converted and a dozen more have been healed. This is a newspaper article again. And all, of all manner of diseases, among the healing are several persons afflicted with spinal disease, resulting in paralysis of parts of the body. Many people cured by Mrs. Woodworth. <laughs> years ago are now testifying to her healing powers. And that's that's something that people come back. Her, her meetings, but after they've been healed, and they witnessed to the people that are in the uh, in the uh, tent. Hey, you might get healed if you just go up there, and you will get healed if you go up there and she prays for you. Sometimes she didn't even have to touch them. People in the audience uh, couldn't walk, and uh, it's it's uh, it's amazing what she what she could do. Okay, finally, this man. <laughs> who was the Mr. Charles, whoever that is, tra- Straighten. Finally, this man here was talk- taking an act- active part in the meeting, meeting, earnestly soliciting to attend just one meeting, I might see things differently in the light, he told me. So somebody was trying to be convinced uh, that you ought to come and see what is going on. <laughs> that's, that's what happened there. So it's 1880. Okay, there it is again. Oh, you're. you're, Did you go one? Okay, I've done that. Yeah, go the next one. Okay, Anderson in the winter of 1886, church boycotted. Now this is not. This happened. Would happen today. If this kind of meeting were happening, people at other churches would look at us and thinking we're crazy. There's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of misunderstanding. Uh, they don't see this as part of what God was doing. There's some people that don't believe healing is for today, and we can rebuff that. But they don't know that. What somebody said that uh, it's better to have an experience than. A, what's how's that go than a? better than an argument. That than an argument that's right. Experience. I, I have experience. I've seen people healed. I know that God heals people, and uh, we we know it here. <laughs> Church boycotted, unbelievers turned up to support her. Isn't that something? Christians criticized. I, m- I remember listening to John Wimber and his uh, tape about his life, and he said, I didn't know I'd had to fight Christians. He said, I was, I was getting them, putting them, a- asking them to come to church and, and taking them to church, but the Christians were not supporting me. They thought I was, you know, doing something wrong. So be careful criticizing people. And I'm, tell, I'm talking to myself, too. Many other doctors, drunkards, agnostics, and church members from the tallest down to the weakest were shown the need of a Savior and bowed unashamedly at the camp meeting altar. They used to have an altar. I don't see one here. <laughs> in, our, in my dad's church, and we always had altars. They called it a Warner's Bench. So people can come up. Now, we, have, we do it different. We can serve God differently. And so we stand up in front, and, and we part of the ministry team. Go ahead. Okay, Springfield, in June 1888, the population was 24,000. Initially, only 18 people were, were there. And Dr. John Briney, pastor of the Christian church, sought to prove Mariah was a fraud. He sought to debate her. That's the preacher doing that. And that would happen here today if that happened in this church. So the devil doesn't like it. Is that the next one? They brought together history doctor books and devil's work to prove the power of God had been taken from the church. Now the doctors have a tendency to get upset. Uh, Alexander DOWIE was charged, uh, oh, I think fifteen times or something, for practicing medicine without a license. So when they get healed, some of the doctors get upset. Uh, I guess, I don't know what that, why that is. Is that cause livelihood? Yeah, <laughs> good <Goodness me. laughs> they lose business. My dad. And my dad, before he died, was telling me, he said, Terry, you've got the gift of healing. Why don't you just pray for everybody in the hospital? Have you all ever thought of that? Sometimes that happens. It happened to Heidi, didn't it? Yeah, Heidi Baker did it. But, uh, okay. Many were baptized in the Holy Spirit and received, and received many gifts. That's, that should be many. All the gifts were manifested by the Holy Spirit. Some received the gift of new tongues. This is when the first time tongues came evident and spake very intelligently on the other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is something that we don't do much. He gave them to know what they were saying. Yeah, we, the, Ask for the spirit of interpretation. I've done that. I, I think uh, Judge the judge does it. <laughs> She comes up here and she speaks in tongues and she interprets it. And uh, I just ask for that gift. I've been asking for that gift too. And I asked the Lord to give me that gift of, of understanding. And that's, uh, that comes with the territory. When you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, people, now I've, I'm, I'm going to say something that you might not agree with, but some churches look at speaking other languages some people think it's a language you'll never understand. And the Bible does talk about not understanding what's being said. But uh, if somebody were to speak Greek to me, I wouldn't know what they were saying. So some people think it's languages. Some people think it's, uh, we don't agree with that. <laughs> we we feel it's an unknown tongue. We don't know what it is. Yeah, there's two times it's magic So it's, it's, the gift of tongues is has been a uh, problem, and, 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 there, and a lot of people don't agree with us. And uh, I agree that tongues do help. <laughs> and I've, and I've heard, heard witnesses of tongues actually helping people pray. And it gives you something to pray about. Okay, cripples walking after prayer and the divine healer. Miraculous cures accompanied by a woman who claims no reward, the blind see and the deaf hear. This is the, a, a paper <laughs> again. So the, these little towns that she'd go in, and I'll show you where she's been in a minute. They would say, Whoa, this go to see this woman. The blind see and the deaf hear. And that's that's quite an awesome thing. Yeah. When it says she claims never reward, does that mean she's not I don't know. She had to have money. they had a her husband put a shop or put a table together with chair, and he would take the money and sell things to, to the people. Maybe Bibles or whatever. I don't know if the, I don't know how she. I survived monetarily. I really don't. How's, how's the father? Yeah, yeah, you could say, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Or, <laughs> if, well, somebody, I think it was um, one of the uh, generals, was going to California to pray for a woman, a rich man's wife who had cancer. He prayed for her, Ms. Branham. He prayed for her. And he wrote out a check because she was healed for $25,000. Now, that was a lot of money back in the old days. And he would not accept it. He tore the check up and said, no, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't do this. God did it. <laughs> so that's awesome. Gosh, it's a long one. <laughs> then the Lord in a vision. She had a lot of visions. If she was a, if she was a trance evangelist, what's that tell you? She had a lot of trances. Yeah. She did. They called her a trance evangelist. Uh, Where in the Bible does anybody have a trance? Paul? Paul? Who else? He didn't know it was in his body or out of body. What about uh, Peter when he saw the sheep? The sheep came down and he had a trance too. Well, the Lord, in a vision, has caused me to see the bottomless pit open in all its horror and woe. There were weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. IT WAS SURROUNDED BY A GREAT multitude OF PEOPLE WHO SEEMED UNCONSCIOUS OF THE DANGER. WITHOUT A MOMENT'S WARNING, THEY WOULD TUMBLE INTO THIS AWFUL PLACE. I WAS ABOVE EXHORTING AND PLEADING WITH THE LORD TO COME UPON THIS PLANK AND ESCAPE THAT AWFUL PLACE. SO BASICALLY, GOD WAS SHOWING HER WHAT WOULD HAPPEN. AND THERE'S A a VIDEO OUT NOW, and, AND ACTUALLY A TAPE AND A BOOK BY A GUY WHO SPENT 28 MINUTES IN HELL. He was a Christian. He spent 28 minutes in hell. And when he was down there, he thought he was, he thought he had deserved to be there. You've heard of the pits of hell. Uh, the pits of hell are really pits. <laughs> he was in that, he was in those in those pits, and, and I'm not going to explain the whole book to you, but he went to hell, came back to America, back to his home, and at three in the morning, he was crying, help, help, pray for me, I've been to hell. <laughs> so 23 minutes in hell. His name is uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. He he uh, he wrote. A, I, I gave it to uh, the guy that uh, tried to hang himself here, Joe Pierre. Maybe y'all remember him. I gave him that book, and that's what that's what this does. It tells you how terrible hell is. So you know, sometimes you need to know what what, what is required. Okay, she had another vision, Daniel. Let's flip. My... I know if I have it up here, I'll mess it up. Go ahead. Okay, Thank you. The dear Savior stood by me one night in a vision and talked to me and talked face to face with me, and asked me what I was doing on the earth. On earth, I felt condemned and said, "Lord, I'm doing, I'm going to work in your vineyard." The Lord says, "When." And I answered, when I get prepared for the work, then the Lord said to me, don't you know that while you were getting ready, souls are perishing? Go now and I will be with you. Now let me tell you, her her work ethic was tremendous. She had a service in the tent at at 9, 10 o'clock, one at 2 o'clock, and one at 7 o'clock. In a tent, every day, sometimes she'd go for three months without a break. Sunday, Saturday, Friday. That's, uh, she had a work. She was tired. And it said, "I'm tired, but and and when she went through that town all the way to go, going to California and the, and the, and the little cards she had, she said, "I'm too tired to minister. But Lord help me." And he did. So I, I remember we, we took a tape, we had a taped con, uh, course. What's her name of the old lady? what's her name? Uh, Fuchsia Pickett. Pickett. Yeah. Fuchsia couldn't stand up very well. But when she came up to preach, she could. And then when she got through preaching, she couldn't stand up again. Isn't that something? (laughs) Well, that's kind of what happened. Okay. In another vision, she saw angels come into a room. They took her to the west Over the prairies, the lake, forests, and rivers, she saw a long wide field of waving grain. Then she began to preach in the vision and saw the grain begin to fall in sheaves, similar to Ezekiel's vision. Isn't that something? She had these visions uh, about what God was going to do. Go ahead. Sensation more attractive than simple eloquence. This newspaper. Again, people come back because things are happening there. When things start to happen, people start to come. I mean, I'm not ashamed to go to my neighbor who's sick and say, hey, if you come to our church, you can get healed. Right? So let's, let's start that. <laughs> she was in Fremont, New England, charged and arrested by prosecutor Joseph Cook. The trial was delayed when Cook became ill. The newspapers were pro-Maria or Mariah, and, and the trial eventually was dismissed. <laughs> a lot of times the, the person who accused her got saved and healed <laughs> at the same time. So it takes away all your argument. Okay. She felt the call to go west. Her husband and her daughter disapproved. She had one daughter left. Out of six, she had one daughter and that was the oldest daughter. Uh, Maria claimed he was converted at Methodist Church, and shortly after they were being married, she said his coercion was very bright or very good and that he seemed to speak with other tongues. That's what she said. She, uh, she quoted that. That's her husband's resistance now. He In Oakland, would be the last, would be the husband's last crusade. Her critics would launch their greatest offense thrust. Here, a predicted tidal wave earthquake would plummet Woodworth's credibility to the bottom of the bay. Do y'all know the 1906 San Francisco earthquake? You ever heard of that? Well, she predicted the earthquake. Somebody said what's supposed to happen at such and such a time. It was before 1906. They went up on the hills waiting for the earthquake to happen. It didn't happen. So they called her a false prophet. And nowhere did she say any date. She just said, I saw this. So there was an earthquake, but it happened later than what they thought. Now this, she went to Oakland. She had bad weather. Her tent was destroyed. Attacked by gangs, press minister, press The press attacked her and ministers attacked her and she was persecuted by Alexander Dowie. Alexander came from um, Australia ministering there. He was a healing evangelist. He came to one of her meetings and he did not like her and uh, persecuted her. A lot of people think he was a little bit jealous because the people were healed. I don't know. But uh, Dowie was not in her camp, and she was not in the camp of, of um, Amy McPherson. She didn't do things like Amy did them. <laughs> so, you know, people are disagreeing with each other does not mean anything. Okay, and in Oakland, it could have seen if I could have if she could have seen the future. However, maybe Woodworth would have closed the meeting and ordered the tent taken down after the first few nights. For in Oakland, she would experience the most difficult meeting of a ministry. One that would have shattered the average evangelist to the end of the 19th century. That's what this Wayne Wagner said. So she felt called to go to Oakland, but when she got to Oakland, it was a terrible meeting. Uh, Her next meeting as she went toward the Midwest was an awesome meeting, one of the best she's ever had. Okay. Her husband's name was Philo. He had an affair in Oakland. Mariah kicked him out and sent him east. He started to publicly attack her. Let me tell you what he said. The next slide will show what he said. Mariah was having an affair with a St. Louis preacher. The trance business was a fraud. His wife's visions were humbug. Their work was money-making scheme. Worshippers are deceived. Churches she established did not last. That sounds like Satan. That was her husband. After he did that, he was real mad. (laughs) So he he took it off on her. Okay, divorce was final. The Judge uh, William West was converted and healed in this meeting. Divorce was final on February 26th. 1891, so she was married for a while. She was, remember, she was 46 years old, let's say 46 when she started her ministry. Philo remained a month later and died shortly after from typhoid fever. Mar- Maria did the funeral service for him. Uh, he went with the woman he got caught with, <laughs> And, they, and it lasted less than a year that he was alive, and it, and I didn't put a slide on her next husband, but her next husband was a nice. He was much like uh, the husband of uh, Joyce Meyer. He was supportive of her. He didn't he didn't take anything from her. I don't know if you like Joyce Meyer or not. I think it, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and she she she, did, she went more in a month anyway. <laughs> Uh, he probably told her he was a Christian. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah, just, uh, I just—I don't know. But uh, her husband was not jealous of her. He was—he was He—he was pre- he, he would get up and announce her and lead her. And he just—he was an awesome person until he died. So she was married twice. Oh, go back one. In a 1913 meeting, Amy McPherson. She was concerned by Amy's theatrics. Now I don't know if you've read anything about Amy, but she had uh, she had big, huge actors. She had real popular actors at that time, actresses and actors, and and and, and what do you call them uh, when they had the music going? It's con. con- concerts that's what that's the word she had concerts in church oh no <laughs> so mariah was uh, not bred that way and she believed that that was wrong okay go ahead flip it one more time her eyesight was good for a person of her age her mental powers were keen to the very end these were not a single moment during All of her sicknesses but what she could freely converse with you on any topic that came up. This is a girl that didn't go to college, didn't go to college, didn't go to high school. The saints around her came freely at all times to see her and have counsel with her. Some came came and they were led by the Holy Spirit to pray for her and others again to be prayed for by her. She laid hands on the sick and prayed for all those who are in need and they did until the To the very end, she died at eighty years old. She was eight, uh, before this time. I think it's. St- I think I got a slide on her. Her daughter Lizzie. She dies in in nineteen twenty four. And I found out later she died in a uh, streetcar accident. Somehow the streetcar hit her. And uh, Mariah's does. Does the daughter's funeral, and is, she's 80 years old, ill, and weak. And on September 16th, 1924, she went home to be with the Lord. So she buried all her kids, all six of them. Now, isn't that awful? <laughs> and her, well, her husband, yeah, her husband, first husband. I don't know that she'd be glad of that or not. <laughs> she, she did the right thing. That's right. That was the right. Uh, I don't know. John Wesley, I told you guys when I talked about John Wesley, he did the uh, funeral of Whitfield. Y'all heard of Whitfield? He was uh, very famous. Well, oh, John Wesley and Whitfield disagreed on predestination. Once, only, there's only a certain amount of people who are going to make it. That's what predestination is. Wesley felt like you could have it or you can't have it. You might have it, you might choose it, or you might not choose it, but you weren't predestined to do it. So that's a lot of people who believe that. Okay, see, this This is her tombstone <laughs> and what it said. That's, that's her life, 1844 to 1924. I would hope nobody's been there. <laughs> nobody's seen her. I don't see anybody that old. <laughs> okay. All right, look at all these stars. These are places where she held uh, conferences and, and uh, meetings. She went all over the United States. Yeah. But this is what I get from it. God said, you're going to do it, Amy. Amy not Amy, Mariah, you're going to do it. I'm going to power you. And she, one thing she had was a, she had a strong will to do what she felt God wanted her to do. Now, I don't know if you ever heard uh, one of the generals, uh, it's the woman, I can't think of her name. She said, God is not looking for golden vessels or silver vessels. God wants willing vessels. That, that's always meant a lot to me. I think of that sometimes. So she went all over America, mainly in the the Midwest. You see those stars in the Midwest? That's where she started out. I think uh, her biggest fear was, I'm a woman, and I'm going to teach all these men. They're scoffing. Uh, Billy Graham's daughter was speaking to a group of Baptist men, and they turned around in their seat like this. And she says, "I don't care." She said, "Go ahead and turn around. Oh, God gave me this this ability to do this. He told me to do this. And I, and you, well, you turned around. That's up to you." They all turned back around. <laughs> that's a great story. Anne Graham Lotz. I've heard her. Uh, I've heard her speak, and, and uh, she's an awesome person. This is, yeah, this is old, rickety vehicles. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't even, I don't know if they had cars back then or not. 1880s? Did they have cars in the 1880s? I think so. My grandmother was born in 1899 and spoke with her. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so I heard of her meetings. And my mother was born in 1895. She also talked about this. She was, everybody knew her at that time. Can you imagine having a service, Tom, and, and there'd be a cloud hanging over us? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? You don't want to chase the cloud off, right? <laughs> <laughs> Say, Lord, praise the Lord. There you go. Don't, don't, don't cut the preacher down. <laughs> okay, well, I think, I think I got one more. Oh, these are all the references. Let's go through these every five seconds. I want you all to read God's generals. And these are the different references that, that we used, that we used here today. i am the diet number six there, the, the Woodward and Maria Dyer of Signs and Wonders. I'm reading that. I'm almost done with it. It's just a, it's it's like redundant. Everybody's healed. People with everything are 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 getting healed, just boom, 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 boom. That's her diary. Yeah, it's just it's almost boring. It happens so much. (laughs) That's a Jew. Yeah. All right. Here's all the newspaper. I don't. I can't read that. But the newspapers were. They had to say something when you got all these people. You got to say something about her. So that's uh, that's what they did. So they put these. These are newsprint articles i I know you can't read them, so we'll just look at them <laughs> uh this um, was YouTube and uh, the diary and the God's generals I, all those three were my sources and I, I read God, God's generals years ago, and there there's a guy on YouTube that talked about her for an hour and a half and uh he was, uh, he was very good. Is there any more? That's the last one. All right. Got a blank screen here. Okay. <laughs> I was going to, let me, I might be able to find some of the things that happened in our meeting now. I got it sitting. I marked it and everything. Okay, in the meantime, the saints at Colorado Springs, Colorado learned that we were to pass through their city and that we had a little time left before a meeting in Los Angeles. They sent an urgent request to us, real Macedonian cries, that's about Paul, for us not to pass them without giving them a meeting and deal out to them the bread of life. And she said, although I needed rest so badly, I felt that I could not pass by this needy field of labor, and we promised them a few weeks of meetings. When the saints received my assurance that I was coming, they at once began to cry to God for good weather. They had had rain for almost every day in a long time, making it almost impossible to hold the meeting in a tent. God wonderfully heard our prayers and the days of our meeting started, and it stopped raining, and it did not rain again until the day after we closed, except for one little shower, which lasted only a few minutes while the meeting was on. This little shower showed us how helpless we would have been had not God checked the rain. <laughs> and it talked about they had umbrellas inside the tent, <laughs> so they were getting wet. I've already talked about that a little bit, but it's... a. Uh, there's another one I'm going to read many people were brought in on cots suffering with all kinds of disease they brought the cot into the tent sometimes the odor was offensive but God touched and healed everyone i believe it was a marvelous it was marvelous the way the sick and afflicted got up walked in this meeting and god's power was present to heal another woman who was suffering with a complication of diseases Mostly hardening of the arteries, she had been helpless for some time and was lying on a cot, waiting her turn. When I laid hands on her, put the blood of Jesus over her, she immediately went to sleep, and when she woke up, she smiled and said all the pain was gone, and she began to get happy and praise God for what, had he, for what he had done for her. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have... This one guy named Brother... Um, A.E. Railford of of Eufaula, Oklahoma. Never heard of him. (laughs) He probably never heard of me either. (laughs) (laughs) Writes, under the date of April 1913 I saw people come there to be healed that were just about dead and were healed and went away rejoicing. My remembrance of you will never be forgotten. This dear brother is out and out for God, the signs that he saw how the sick were carried in and walked out left a deep impression. So this is someone wrote her a letter, and she put it in her diary. <laughs> this is part of her diary. I've got it, on the, I got it off the Internet. But this, just things like that, there's just things that were happening and they were just awesome. So I want you all to, I'm going to encourage you. Now, I don't know why God doesn't heal everybody. It, when when he when the anointing comes he does now, how many of you think that you can you can help your anointing work to heal people you, do you think that all right what can you do that, that you can help someone get healed if you pray for them There you go. <laughs> yeah. Every time someone says something to you and I, I was, uh, I, I think I've told a couple people this when I was in the hospital and, and, uh, I went to the conference of Mahesh Shabda's in Charlotte. He's an awesome guy. If you've ever heard of Mahesh and, uh, you've heard him and, uh, I was told, and I read Branham's book, and Bill Branham, he was five little pamphlets, and he'd pray for somebody, and they'd get healed, he had miraculous things happen. And what he would do is he could only pray for 20 per night. Physically, he was unable to pray for any more than 20 people, and hundreds of people wanted to pray for. So they they got a system where they shuffled cards, one through whatever, one through 100, and they picked out 20 of those cards. And those are the ones he prayed for. Isn't that something? But anyway, Bill Branham had a thing that God gave him that when he shook hands with the person that come at him, he would shake hands with them, turn his hand over, and the little red dots would appear. And he found out that when cancer was present, those dots were some some of the same. So every time he grabbed somebody and saw those dots looking like cancer, he would say, you got cancer. Well, I, I like that. I like that kind of anointing. So what I said was, Lord, I want to do that. <laughs> so I, went to the, I was working at the hospital at the time. And uh, in front of the hospital, there's a big, long hallway. Y'all know where it's at? When you walk in the door, there's a hallway goes east, north, south, whatever. Well, I sat in one of the little waiting rooms on that hallway. Well, a girl comes up to me. And she's going like this. She's walking like this. I said, All right. You know, so I was looking at my hand. <laughs> and she talked for about 20 minutes about her leg. I didn't say nothing, I didn't pray for her. <laughs> and finally she says, oh, I got to go to work. I said, OK. So she left. And I said, God, what was that all about? How come you didn't put dots on my hand? <laughs> She, she, God said, You're not Bill Branham. <laughs> but every time I send you somebody, pray for them. Everybody that says, I'm sick, I've got a problem, I prayed for Don in the hospital yesterday. So I said, okay, I'll do that. So we were going in the elevator to go up to the 10th floor or something. And there was a nurse just came on board and she says, Oh man, I got a splitting headache. I said, Let me pray for you. I didn't know who she was. I still know she wasn't. I prayed, Lord, heal that head, <laughs> something like that, some real good prayer. And then the next floor, she gets out. <laughs> she left. I guess she said, "That crazy guy. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to stay." But she, God could have healed her. I don't know what He did <laughs> she got out about four floors more than under where I was going. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway. I've tried to be obedient to God, and when people tell me they they got something wrong with them, I'm, I try to to pray for them. How many headaches got healed in Brazil? Oh, I don't know. I, I I tell you, seven out of ten people were healed that I prayed for in, in Brazil. Did you hear, did you say, no. Oh gosh, yes. But he, you know, he had so much love for him, you know, it, right? but he had been mistreated. And, and he said that's when God's spirit came on him. When he was yeah, I heard I heard them say that one time. He talked he there's a kind of nominal hurt people in this this state. They were crazy people. And then the the real real bad ones were B. And he didn't know which one he was going to go, to A or B. So he got the letter saying he's going to be. So he began to take care of these people that kept banging their head against the wall. They were just in bad shape. They wore diapers. And uh, he took care of them. He learned more in that environment than he would have learned anywhere else. And that's one thing that Mar- uh, Mariah Ender said, that God will train you to do what he's got. To- so if you're willing... He'll train you. All you have to do is be willing. I know it preaches well, but it's hard to do. <laughs> so, there you go. That's right. When he calls you to do it. Anybody else have anything you want to say? You
0: know what her ministry reminds me of? I remember in the scripture it says the word of God or the gospel is more than just words. It's power, right? And one of the signs of the end times is they'll have a form of godliness without power. And so, as we step into that, when uh, Terry was sharing about, um, there was a anybody see the video that uh, it was called Race from the Dead," and it was in Nigeria, I was thinking of Bishop and Bola, but it was during uh, Reinhard Bonnke's ministry. You, you ever see that video of? Um, When she's talked about her vision of hell, the testimony of this one was there was a pastor and he and his wife were not getting along very well, big argument. Anyway, he storms out of an argument with his wife, has a car accident, and the pastor's killed. And on the video, it's really pretty remarkable. Um, He's been embalmed, he's dead, and he's been embalmed, and his wife hears the scripture in her head in Hebrews, it says, and the women receive their dead back to life. So she drives the embalmed body to Reinhardt's meeting. But it's so weird, they decide, well just bring him downstairs underneath the meeting. Reinhardt's preaching up above. No, never did see him. Reinhardt never saw him. But they have videos of the embalmed body and the people praying for him. This is all captured on video. And For hours, they're praying while Reinhardt's got a million people upstairs there being led to Christ. And all of a sudden, you see the respiration start. This is a slow process of recovery. It's the wildest video. It's all caught on tape. And anyway, the husband's raised from the dead, and he, he can taste embalming fluid for days. She takes him, after he's raised from the dead, takes him to the embalmer. And the two doctors who pronounced him dead, and they absolutely freak out. I pronounced you dead. I put the embalming fluid in you. And they said, you got to get away from me. This is too freaky, right? And his testimony later is every time he went to hell, the pastor went to hell. And when he was called back to life, he says now when his wife and he get anywhere near an argument, he goes, sits in the bathroom, closes the door, and says, I am not going there. Yeah. But it's an amazing testimony of the, the power of God in the resurrection and how the faith, because it's such a gradual recovery of like this. You've know, heard of that from Heidi's ministry with Papa Supresa going in and the dead baby's been dead for three days and they pray. and. You know, he lays on t- It's just wild stuff that God, we just got to broaden our faith picture of this thing, that God is going to do these things in the last days. And so we've been just asking him, so I don't know if this motivates you, it does me, it's like, what is all of this, what, what keeps us from getting, I know God picks certain people out that seem so undeserving or whatever or not, you know, they don't have the credentials and God just works in that, And but we want to get enough folks to believe in that, right, yeah, that he can do it. Like tomorrow at House of Mercy, he just, uh, you know, we got, uh, uh, just how many people come there that are so, that need so much to be loved on and just that God would just do it, right? So, you want to share a
2: story, Mom? Uh, it just kept in mind, the message I have is that if God wants you to do something, do it. Do it. Yeah. And at the ep- the the teaching that came to me was I worked with a woman who was a a German war bride and she was in the hospital where I worked. I was was hired part-time but I was told if you'll do me a favor and work full-time for three weeks the the, um, comptroller would make a job for me. So anyway, I was assigned to work with this woman. She was an RN, German war bride. And I witnessed about Christ, and she said, I respect you, but she said, I was raised under the, uh, under the Führer, you know, Hitler, and she said, I respect you, but I'm not, not interested, because we had our, him as our Lord. Anyway, make a story, it's another story, part of the story. She went to another hospital, and she came down with a case for cancer, and I said, oh my goodness, she's going to she's gonna die shortly. God said, I want you to go to see honey. I said, well, I don't know where she is. And she said, she's in a coma. Anyway, in the final coma, I called her daughter and see if I could go, because God kept saying, go to see honey. And I kept finding excuses. And uh, finally, her daughter said, she's in a coma. She won't know you. Anyway, so I said, I, I got off the hook. And then I kept going. So I called again and I said to the son, "I have to come see Harley." And he said, "Well, she won't know you." I said, "I have to come more for myself than for anybody else." So anyway, I got there. I found it got lost and all this stuff. And she was in a, in hospice and she was in a coma, and they were just the neighbors who were all around her, waiting for the hour to come. They were all drinking. They had the bottles all over the time. And I come in and I said, I want to see honey. And they said, yeah. So they followed me into this uh, porch area where the bed was. And they were all standing around with their drinks. And I sat down in the chair. She opened her eyes and she said, well, you finally came. I almost fell off the chair. (laughs) They picked up their bottles and they ran out. Wow. They didn't know what I was going to do. And I just asked her, I said, what would you like me to pray for? And she asked me to just pray for peace for the family. And it was just, just a precious time. But that never left me. Go when it's time. Anyway, the husband came in, the husband came into the work place a couple of weeks later. And thank me for coming. It was amazing it was amazing.
0: you finally came, wow well, let's stand. we've got to pick up our kids. you inspired yeah i I'm inspired it's uh, it's uh, it raises our level of faith that uh, the Lord will use those who are available and he even those that seem to have the most discouragement, some of the hardest battles. So Lord, we just come before you father we're we're grateful. We thank you for the testimonies, the diaries that, of your generals of the past who've gone on before us that have leave a legacy. God, I ask you to raise uh, the level of, of uh, supernatural manifestations, God. We, we know that you're the God of, of great glory. You also said you would come and be among us here and that we were to follow. And those who would believe in you, in Mark 16, those who believe, these signs would follow them. And one of them is the casting out of demons, the laying on of hands for healing of the sick. So, God, we thank you for your word. Activate it. We want to see more and more. We want to see people uh, set free from demons. We want to see them set free from sickness and torment. So we thank you, Lord. Release that healing anointing so that you receive glory, not to edify self. Lord, we thank you that you get the glory of it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Terry.